Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Two Spot Monkeys Live. You are joining us here for episode 60. Wowzers. Uh, hey, Jim. Uh, good morning uh, or good day. Um, and good all things to you. <laughs> and the same to you. Uh, I, I always forget that the Phillies are your second team, Tom. So your hat this morning, for those that see this on YouTube, is throwing me off a little bit. Like I was expecting a Tigers hat. but Well, and, and, you know, they used to be my second team. I actually really like the Braves. So kind of a little bit of NL East competition. Um, I like a lot of the Braves players. Um, so, yeah. Weird. But, yes, uh, Phillies hat. Yep. And they're, they've they been playing well. Bryce Harper's having a great year. Um, really, I wore the red hat today because I have uh, my Tetsuya Naito uh, shirt on that you can't see on YouTube because it's cold here in Michigan. Fall has... <laughs> Fall has arrived, and uh, there's a little chill in the air. Now, it's supposed to get warmer today and into the weekend, but these uh, these early Michigan mornings, damp, damp, and cool. I and, hear you. And that's your weather report on the 8s with two spots. <laughs> right. Now you know what the weather is like in Michigan, wherever you're listening to us. We already have a comment this morning, and uh, Annette is a fan of your hat, by the way. Nice hat, Tom. I, I appeal to our audience in any way I can. That's right. That's right. We may only have one person listening, so we'll just suck up to you, Annette. Um, we don't know. All right. Well, let's get into what we want to talk about today. Uh, we got a few different things to talk about, but uh, AEW had their biggest uh, attendant show anyways, uh, whether you want to call it their biggest show of their history or not. <clears throat> I think there's lots of arguments about different shows that can be made on that. That's a subjective thing, but definitely the most attended show on Wednesday night. Uh, I believe a sold out off Arthur Ashe Stadium. Can't remember if they said it was sold out or not, but over 20,000 people. So if it wasn't, there weren't many tickets left, certainly. Um, packed Arthur Ashe Stadium. Hot, hot crowd. Tom, you got to watch it live, I believe. Um, I watched it uh, mostly yesterday uh, before and after work um, and got it got it finished and, and was happy to have seen everything. Uh, what were your initial thoughts as you were watching live, Tom? That's a loaded question. Uh, yes. Because, because so much happened, right? Uh, well, so kudos to you. And I shot you, I shot you out the the props on, again, the, the, the group that we're a part of on Facebook. You know, when we were here a week ago, you had commented, uh, alluded to however we want to frame that that you thought it would be a smart idea for the the, the, the destination match to kick off the show. And, and sure, and sure did. And uh, I, I, I can't, I, I can't do anything but praise this match and praise the presentation. Uh, it almost went the full uh, entirety of the match without a commercial break. There was a commercial break. Um, easily past the 20 minute or right around the 20 minute mark. Uh, and so this is, this is not free TV. Um, you know, TV makes a lot of their revenue based on ads. So, again, it would have been awesome to not have ads, but they did the best they could, and it didn't hamper the match in any way, in my opinion. My one critique of the match is that I really felt it could have only been enhanced by Justin Roberts giving time calls. Um. You know, so I so again we talked about last week uh, that the G one was getting underway, and and I was able to watch G one, uh, some G one in the last week, and I hope to watch more today. 
I appreciate in the G1 matches that they are 30-minute time limit matches, and I appreciate the the time calls. Now, I know that they're every five minutes, uh, I believe, uh, in New Japan. Uh, if, if not, they easily start like at a 15-minute mark and go from that point on. I don't know how I would have wanted AEW to have done it. Um, you know, perhaps maybe with five minutes left in the match and one minute left in the match. Uh, the announcers were the ones that let us know there was one minute left in the match. I knew we were getting close to the time limit. And actually, right from the start, I said, because this is opening the show, let them go. Let them just go. Almost, let, them, let them tear down the house. And they did. We should not be surprised about that between Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega. Uh, I thought that going to a draw was, the, from a business sense, uh, probably the best thing they could have done. And so I'm glad that's the direction they went. Uh, this is my second favorite match of the year, and I and I really ha- didn't didn't come to that conclusion right when the match ended. Um, this falls for me right after the cage match from All Out with the Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks. Uh, but I felt like everything that happened here was almost flawless. Uh, I don't know. I said a lot. I, I want to hear your opinion because I don't. I don't want to just you know drag on and 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 I don't know be be too AEW homerish. I don't. I don't think I am because I, I am. I, I do feel very strongly about my critique of 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 the thirty minute um, time limit not being built into the story of the match. I feel like the announcers and and Justin Roberts' time calls could have could have, in my opinion, enhanced things. Yeah. I uh I, I love the match to begin with. And when they when I when I realized they were starting with it, um my first thought was we're going to a draw. And especially when Justin Roberts said there's with a 30 minute time limit, I went, hmm, okay. Because they couldn't really have done an hour. They had way too much else booked on that show to, to do an hour. Um and and so that was kind of a tell to me they weren't gonna do an hour draw. And so then when he said 30 minute time limit, I went. Oh, they probably could do that. Um, or I figured it was going to go to, you know, 29.58 or something like that, you know, kind of thing. But uh, love the match. Uh, the time calls, I, I see what you're saying. I didn't think, like, that didn't click for me that they weren't doing it. But I also um, haven't watched G1, so that frame of reference um, and realizing, oh, it's really nice that they do it. It would have been nice here, too. In some ways, it was nice to not totally no other than yes the announcers did mention it a few times um especially as they got closer to the end um because sometimes i think when you start doing that when you haven't done it normally where new japan does it all the time and so when AEW doesn't do it if they would have had roberts doing it it almost would have felt like it was telegraphing that they were going to a draw um now that they've done a draw though if they did it in the next match between the two which i'm just going to call right now is going to be the main event of full gear um, that's my thought. And they'll, they'll put an hour time limit on it because it's, because it's a title match, you know, and all of that sort of thing. Um, then I could definitely see, you know, if, so if they added it, I don't think that would be out of the realm and I don't think it would telegraph anything anymore, um, whether it would have or not, I don't know. Um, but like I said, I kind of had a feeling the minute they started that they were going to, speaking of the start, I did want to say that. And Shivani called this out on commentary right after I said it. Um, out loud in my living room, but uh, <clears throat> the crowd popped on the lockup 
Like, how cool is that? Like, it, it reminded me almost of the, uh, the S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Wyatt family back um, when they faced off and all they did was stand in the ring and the crowd was chanting, this is awesome, this is awesome, and they hadn't even touched yet. Um, granted, this time, Danielson and, and Omega locked up, but it's a lockup. Like, we've seen that 8 million times. That's how you start almost every pro wrestling match, right? And the crowd pops on the lockup because it's Danielson and it's Omega, and now they've locked up and we're going. Um I thought that was really cool. I just, that's, that tells you the anticipation that was there in the arena. That tells you how much they were looking forward to that match and the night getting going. I mean, I know they probably had some dark elevation stuff before, but you know, this started the night, um, you know, proper. And then rampage afterwards gets taped, um, which I'm very much looking forward to watching later tonight, hopefully, uh, or tomorrow, whenever, however, however the weekend falls for me. Um, I have already been spoiled on one thing, although I don't know where it happens, but I know one thing that happens, uh, stupid social media. But um, so, yeah, I I thought that opening match was great. Um, I don't have a match of the year rankings list, but it would be up there if I did. Um, so I, you having a number two, I think, is absolutely worthy. Um, I thought it was great. I thought it was great, and I thought it built good anticipation to future. And... By having the Bucks and Adam Cole super kick Danielson after the match, you've also now set up three matches that Daniel, if they're going to wait until November 13th or whatever it is, um, you know, two months from now, basically almost uh, until full gear, if that's when we're going to get Danielson Omega 2, you've also got some matches to carry Danielson through. Uh, yeah, I think an eight man tag is easily on the docket. Uh, based on what we saw at, in the aftermath on Wednesday. Yep. The other thing I just want to name uh, or call out is they left a lot on the table. like yep. that, And that's the amazing thing about it. This match was so good, so great, and they did not empty the bag. So, so if we do end up getting I – know, I know we'll get this again, and, and four right. gear makes a lot of sense. Um, whenever we get this, if it's full gear or if it's later, uh, I, I can't wait to see what they bring back. And, and, and Brian Danielson has been one that's always done callbacks in yes. matches. Uh, you know, he, 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 he intertwines the story of, of, of his wrestling style. So I think that's going to be really fun to watch carry on uh, when, they do, when they do connect again. Um, I'm trying yeah. to remember, not that I, not to spend tons more time. I'm trying to remember now. Did did Danielson do the I've got till five? He did, but it, so here's the thing. That's not it's not a spot that I think that the crowd really like got. Like he definitely did that in front of Paul Turner. Okay, and, but it wasn't. Yeah, he he, and it and it wasn't super auditory. But granted, the the, the mass the massiveness of that venue and in the way that it was like that you know a ringside camera on him when that happened would have called that out more specifically uh and the announcer could have maybe drawn that out it they were at, they were at the the hard cam right when when that spot oh, okay. happened so and maybe i just turned my head away for a second you know and missed it too but i was kind of waiting for that because i was waiting for to hear twenty thousand people say i've got till five referee you know i mean yeah. um they they were chanting about uh, Omega getting his uh, mm -mm, head kicked in uh, early on in the match, which I thought was just 
great. And you just saw the grin on Danielson's face. Like he wasn't necessarily leading the chant, but he wasn't stopping it either. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. you were going to move on to something else there, Tom. No, no, no. I just was going to talk about the rest of, of the card. Um, Tom, you've got, I, just so you know, you've got a little scratch in your mic, so I don't know if your oh, yeah. uh, headphones might be a little tighter. Well, and my scruff. So, you know, it is, right. it, 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 we're getting towards the fall season. So, you know, let the facial no, hair go. No shave November. Look out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, the rest yeah. Of the show. Yeah. yeah, no, like, I'm, so I'm trying to think about what I want to tackle next. Um, CM Punk was really fired up, and that was interesting. And I look forward to seeing him against Powerhouse Hobbs tonight. Yep. And I, that, I love that he's working with, you know, first two matches are not Omega, Danielson, Cole, you know, they're Darby Allen, they're Powerhouse. I love that he's working with the young guys. I think, And I think Hobbs is going to be a vastly different match than Allen. So yeah, without a doubt, uh, Malachi black and Cody Rhodes. So I've seen on social media that, um, Malachi black is not a heel. I think that he's, he's, he's not, but he's also not a face. He's kind of an, um, inconspicuous character. Uh, I think Cody has said before that he's also not a face or a heel. He's just himself, but the crowd definitely didn't like Cody on Wednesday and, and understandably so. Right, like I don't know that he's in an enviable spot opposing Malachi Black, who I think has, you know, people in his corner because of the injustice uh, that he faced in his previous tenure as a professional wrestler prior to landing here in AEW. All of that being said, this this didn't click for me. Um, the Arn Anderson stuff makes me think that Cody's going to go heel uh, without a doubt. Before too long. Go heel since AEW started. Well, right. And, and I feel like we've mentioned that here on this conversation a number of times. Uh, the, the spot where Arn was coming around the turnbuckle post and he fell. Legitimate? Not legitimate? Accident? What did, What do you I, think? I, I think accidental because then he jumped back. He got back up on the ring apron so that they could do the spot that was clearly planned. Um. Yeah, it, it that was clunky, and and I realized like, hey, accidents happen. You know, I hope he's okay. I mean, you know, a sixty-some-year-old guy, I think he is, um, just falling off the ring apron without, you know, uh, he had to take two bumps instead of one that night. Um, which you know, uh, we also had a sixty-some-year-old man who took a bunch of bumps. Then in the next match, we'll talk about it in a second, but um, yeah, it was clunky, I, and I'm with you, like. It was fine, but it felt like it should have felt bigger. And I don't know if that's, I, I don't know what didn't click. Um, I, part of my thought, actually, as Cody was coming into the ring, is like, Cody has kind of become the Triple H of AEW. He shows up for the big shows. But otherwise, he's doing the EVP thing. And I get it. Like, he's a busy guy. They got a new baby at home. They got the reality show coming out next week, which obviously has already been filmed, but, um, you know, perhaps they're filming for another season if it's been picked up or that sort of thing. Um, he's a busy guy. I get it. But when you do that, like, I don't feel like people get as invested in those matches because they're kind of one-offs or short, you know, this hasn't been a short build by any means. This has been since Malachi Black came into the company, but are they done now? I guess is my question. Or do we, I feel like with the way the match ended, 
it, it can't be done, right? I would agree with you, but where do they go next? And, right. and, and also with the way the finish came down, um, you know, I, I feel like them having them having the missed and then that being what caused Cody to lose. But then like either the miss didn't come off well or like the camera didn't like the producer didn't like the camera shot. Well, the other piece was just setting up the mist. Um, and, and I agree, it didn't, it was a weird, the camera shot was a little weird. And AEW early on had a lot of weird camera work, but they had gotten a lot better. So it was kind of a bummer to see that happen again. Um, although new venue, different, you know, setup, all those kinds of things. Um, when Cody hit Paul Turner, or was it Paul Turner? I think it was. Um, I, whoever I think, the ref was. I think you're right. Um, whoever the ref was, when he hit him, or he, you know, it was, I think it was supposed to be that he was pulling back to hit Malachi Black. And, you know, and the ref was right there. Let's just say Turner, if it wasn't, apologies to those who will remember who it was. Um, but it really looked like Rhodes just turned around and smacked him. Um, like, I mean, the whole thing, it didn't look like the accidental. So my thought was, well, wait a minute. If he really just turned around you know, whack the ref. Like, wouldn't it be a DQ? Why are we even counting the pin? Um, then that's what I was like. No, I, it kind of looked like maybe it was supposed to be accidental, but it it, it, it was clunky. Yeah, it was. The, don't get me wrong. It didn't take my enjoyment of the show away in any way, shape, or form. I enjoyed the entire show. But this was a match I was kind of looking forward to. And outside of getting the two points in our Fantasy Wrestling League for the win, um, you know, it was just kind of like, okay, I... I'm ready for Malachi Black to do something other than um, the Nightmare Family, to move on from the Nightmare Family. I just am. And and I love that when he did his promo on one of the shows last week, and I apologize, they kind of run together usually in my head. Um, but he did a promo and he said, well, it might have been Dynamite before the Rosario Dawson thing, which was a little weird last week. Um, maybe because I don't watch Go Big Show or Go Big Go big home, go big, uh, whatever it is. Um, <laughs> go big show doesn't seem right, but um, whatever that show is with with Rhodes and, and Dawson, I don't watch. So maybe that's why it didn't click for me. But uh, Malachi Black, when he said um, members of the House of Black, like he started his promo with that. I was like, oh, I kind of like that. Um, like he's like he's recruiting, you know, come join me um, kind of thing. And, and I think his character works for that. Um, so I, I like that, but yeah, the match itself, I agree. Not the best showing from either of these guys who we've seen far better from. I enjoyed their first match more than this one, even though their first match was really more angle to set this up. Um, I still enjoyed their first one better. Have you watched, uh, the show, the boys on Amazon prime? I haven't. It's on my list, but yeah, just time. So Cody, Cody comes across like, uh, Homelander who, um, not to give you, like, you know, super spoilers, but Homelander is kind of like the... Who knows if I'll ever actually see it, so... Right, yeah, so he's, he's like, he's like the main, the main heel, but he's not, he's not necessarily, it's kind of like a double, like a two-face type thing, like, he's supposed to be, like, a hero, and, and, and you know, the face of, of saving and protecting, you know, the world, uh, or the, or the United States, or the, or the Earth, if you will, uh, and, and Cody, uh, his, his apparel on Wednesday definitely uh, echoed back to Homelander for sure. And I think that you know, if Cody's a fan of that show, and if, if this and if this distinction is not drawn at all, then it's just really just a weird coincidence. 
I think Cody could be a very good, like, I am, I am, I am the face of AEW. I want to be the savior of AEW. I want to be the good guy in AEW. But but he really, you know, his his urges and his desires and his other motivations, you know, push him into a dark place, um, which he wrestles with or fights with. I don't know. So we'll see. And again, I do think we both are on the same page that a Cody turn at some point. Um, and again, if you want to get people to dislike him, I suppose turning on Arn Anderson is a way to help assist in that space. Um, I think, I think people like Arn, I, you know, I don't know. I, I think with the Arn thing too, like when Arn pushed it, you know, when Cody went to check on him and Arn pushed him away, I don't think that came off the way they wanted to either, because to me, that was Arn. what they were selling on the commentary was Arn saying, don't worry about me, go get him, go get him, go get him. But he pushed him so hard yeah. that it wasn't just like, no, no, go get him, go get him. It was almost like Arn was mad at him. And, and so I was like, almost is Arn turning now? Like, which we also thought might happen early on in the whole Arn and Cody pairing. Um, so, yeah, I, so that was that. Um, tag match. I, all I want to say about the tag match, I thought it was a very good tag match. I have to say from a week ago, and we didn't talk about this last week, um, Sting taking a stuff pile driver, or a, a, um, yeah, stuff pile driver, um, at 62 years old or whatever he is, like, huh, um, I understand, I'm okay with your dedication, buddy, but. There's plenty of ways to get heat on a guy who has neck injury, you know, has had neck injuries before and not have to risk it with a move like that. Um, I, I just didn't, I'm glad it worked out fine. He seems fine. But at that, when I saw it, I was like, I mean, I get it. I had the reaction they wanted me to have of, dear God, these guys are horrible. They just did this to Sting. But I was also thinking, why? Why did you do that, Sting and AEW? Um, don't, don't risk that. Um, but I thought the match was really good, and I thought Sting looked really good in this match. I, I agree. I, I'm not a fan of FTR being the foil here, but I don't know who else I would have plugged in in that spot. And sure. maybe that's just because I think that FTR deserves better, more. Like I think that they they eat this stuff up. Like with their with especially right. Dax Harwood, I, I think that he you know kind of his roots are like I feel like he's like you know the child of the NWA, you know what I mean? And the Cro- and the Crockett territories. So I think that he loves this, you know, so the fanboy in him probably is eating it up. You know, FTR taking a loss here to a team that doesn't really factor into the tag team scene. They're going to have to start though. They just keep winning. <laughs> <laughs> right. I know. But I do you really want to see that? Let's, I mean, I don't. I don't. Yeah, right. So, yeah, that's, 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 but I that, agree that's, with you. My guess is Dax and, and potentially Cash Wheeler too probably asked for this match. Um, but I, I totally hear what you're saying. I, I want to see FTR and, and I like that they've been on the show a lot lately because for a while there they were kind of even before Wheeler's injury, they were kind of not around. And I don't know if there was another injury or other things going on, but uh, I, I agree. I, I did. I want to see them featured more, much like I want to see Santana and Ortiz continue to be featured more. And I'm glad they have a match on uh, Rampage tonight because I I think it was a missed opportunity to maybe not have them wrestle for the tag titles. But um, maybe maybe there's no way to get out of that if you're not going to put them on Santana and Ortiz that quick either. So having them team with the champs, you can certainly tease something for the future without having to do that in New York. Um, So maybe in the end, that's 
all for the best. I know we didn't talk about MJF and Pillman, but it was what it was. Um, I, they, they're trying to get behind Pillman, and I liked the guy. I love his story. He just doesn't click for me in the ring yet. Um, well, much like Malachi Black needs to transition from Cody and sink his teeth into something else, I think you can say the same thing for MJF. You know, the Jericho feud and this, you know, the pin- the pinnacle seems to be like not a thing anymore. I- but they keep mentioning them like on commentary, like with FTR, they're like the pinnacle, the top, you know, and I'm like, they're never together. They're never hanging out. Like MJF and Warlord are doing their thing. FTR is doing their thing. FTR and Spears seem to be a little bit of a thing because they're all with Tully. Um, <clears throat> am I forgetting a member? No, that was everybody. Um, yeah. yeah it, I, it, it sounded like you were, cause, but we're forgetting. I think Wardlow is like, Wardlow, assumption. yeah, yeah. He's a, um, he is but, actually a wrestler, not just a heavy. They're, they seem to be teasing dissension there too. So uh, Wardlow could be a, a pretty good kick-ass baby face, I think, um, if they wanted him to be. So he could be what they haven't been able to make Brian Cage. But uh, that's a story for another day. Main event, um, Britt, Ruby, what do you think? Yeah, really strong match. I thought Ruby looked awesome. I don't think Ruby lost uh, a thing at all. She actually had the visual pinfall. Uh, late in the match, and it only was the fact that there were um, shenanigans, for lack of a better term, that caused her to not capture the title uh, means that there's more. I didn't want Ruby to win the belt here. Uh, I, I believe there's still a lot of money in Thunder Rosa and Britt. That's, to me, that's the, that's the destination. Whether Thunder Rosa unseats Britt Baker or not, I, I hope not, personally. Um, I love that AEW is so behind Britt Baker. Uh mm-hmm. Keep, keep keep that train going, and it's and, and and yes, we talk about our fantasy league here. Of course, I own Britt Baker. Those points are it, it made more sense for her to win point wise for me. Uh, but that's regardless of that. Like I do enjoy her as a talent, and I think she's one of the more over acts in the promotion. So I, I love that they gave both these ladies and the women's title the spotlight here on the, on this show. Um, I want to hear what you thought. I also want to just ask a general question. Have you seen the ratings information come out from this yet? I thought I saw something yesterday that this didn't necessarily do the rating that they hoped for, but I'm, I'm wondering if that's still maybe coming out. One, No, I think they're very happy with it. 1.27 million. Um, they have won Wednesday night as far as the top-rated cable show five weeks in a row. Um, the only thing that they didn't do, and maybe what you saw, so the last two weeks – their demo, their rating in the 18 to 49 males demo was higher than Raw's, which is pretty dang impressive. They lost they lost it this week, but Raw had a 0.49, Dynamite had a 0.48. So it wasn't like they got crushed by any means. Um, and who knows how that, you know, I don't understand ratings enough, but 1.27 million. Um, and it sounded like they were very happy with that. Um I, you know, anytime you're over a million, I think AEW has to be thrilled. And when you're at one point over 1.25, um, and I don't know where exactly that ranks in their all time. I don't think it's quite their highest. I think that first week they, you know, did, did like one four or something like that. Um, and I feel, yeah. like did, I feel like they did a one three eight or one three something when the 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 Wednesday after all out. Okay. Which would have been which would have been, would have been the follow up on Cole yep. and Daniel Sandin. Yep, I think you are. I think you're right, and I think that I remember hearing that was their second highest, probably after the debut. Um, you know, so this would be probably number three, um, which 
you know, is third highest, actually. Annette just said in the comments, third highest. So, yep. So I, I don't think you can complain about third highest ever. Well, and, and, and in that same vein, right? Like I know ratings are important and that's part of like, you know, the long-term sustainability and even short-term sustainability, but they, they had their biggest house ever. They had their biggest gate ever, uh, right. I believe, right? They so, made money. So, so, <laughs> so, so yeah, so like, like, you know what I mean? Like, and I don't know how you would even begin to parse this out. And even if there's even science to it, I'm sure there is, but like what number of people in the audience that night may have contributed to the viewership number or not. I mean, is and I'm sure there's a way to, to parse that out, but we're now getting into the very granular level of ratings. Well, on any given night, you have potentially, you know, 10 to 20, in this case, thousand people who might be watching your show otherwise that aren't because they're there live, which I mean, is true for WWE as well. Um, and, in, and in both cases, maybe there are people there live who wouldn't watch it on TV, but they're there for the experience. Cool. Understood. Um, so it'll be, I, I, I think they've got to be thrilled um, with that rating. And um, I'd, I'd love to see the quarter hour breakdown because part of me thinks Danielson Omega had to have been just crazy, but that's just maybe my own fanboy. Um to, to talk about the main event um, that you mentioned, I agree. Ruby lost nothing here. Ruby has looked like a star from the moment she walked out at the Battle Royal um, at All Out. Her promo, I thought, last week on Rampage, their back and forth was awesome. I love the little, like, shoot inside, you know, comments that they kind of threw back at each other. Um, I enjoy that stuff, honestly. I know some people don't, and that's fine. I do. Um, so I thought it was... Both of them took good shots, and I liked how Ruby, as the babyface, took the shot that Britt gave to her and said, you know what, you're right, I did get fired, but it was the best thing that ever happened to me. And so the babyface also spun it around and was like, yeah, you're not going to get that over on me. Um, Ruby didn't look nervous. She looked like she belonged. Uh, I knew WWE had missed the boat on Ruby, but I have to admit, I didn't realize how much they had missed the boat on Ruby. Um, holy smokes, this girl is fire and can be another big star in that women's division for them moving forward, um, which they're going to need because there is rumor out there, Tom, that there is another title coming to AEW uh, next year when uh, now only Dynamite is moving to TBS. Rampage is staying on TNT, uh, which is interesting. Dynamite moving to um, TBS on January 5th, and there is rumor of a secondary women's singles title um, which right now the rumor is it will be the TBS title since you have the TNT title on the male side. Kind of makes some sense. Can't say I love either one of the names, but it is what it is. Um, and, Corporate you know, synergy. Right. And and the TNT title has grown on me more than, you know, I, did, I hated the name when they first brought it out. I'm not loving TBS title, but again, it's all about how you book the title. Even if it's got a dumb name, if you book the title well, then it'll probably, you know, mean something. So I think that's going to be interesting because... AEW has done a nice job with their women's division, but I don't know that they've done a good enough job on Dynamite and Rampage yet where I think you can have two title programs going at the same time. So I'm interested to see that develop. They've got the roster who can do it. There's no question. They just have to find, devote the time to it. Um, so I think that'll be where, you know, on the flip side, sometimes NXT has had before the, the 2.0 switch has had, you know, two or three or four, women's matches sometimes even in a show um maybe not four but um 
and, and Raw even has done that lately. But so I, I think it'll be interesting to see. And I think, um, you know, Ruby is the first TBS champion could be money. Um, I think she would be a, a favorite potentially. However, they decide to do that, whether it's a tournament, which I hope they do, because you and I, we both love our tournaments. By the way, we, d- we didn't talk about really quick. Um, Owen Hart Foundation signs with AEW this week. They're going to have the Owen Hart Memorial Tournament, uh, which will have a trophy that's called the Owen, which I think is kind of a dumb name, to be honest. But, um, is it called the Owen Cup? If it's the Owen Cup, I'll like that better. The, the I, I, that's I read, what I thought I read. The Owen. And I was like, mm. the Owen Cup would be much better, yes. Um, better and, than the Dynamite Diamond Ring, if you ask me. <laughs> Way better than the Diamond Ring. That is very true. The Battle Bowl Ring was dumb in WCW, so let's bring it back in AEW. Um and this means merchandising as part of that agreement as well. And they named both Owen being in the console video game that they're working on for PlayStation and Xbox and, and other places maybe. Um, and one of the loves of yours and I's life, action figures. Oh, my, I don't know if you saw my comment uh, when this got put on our, our friends group. Um, but I said, why does AEW hate my wallet? <laughs> and yes, and it brought a smile to my face for all the good reasons, not the wrong right. reasons. Right. I, you know, the funny thing is, I, lo- I loved Owen um, as a competitor. Um, I remember that that night far too well um, and, and how horrible um, that was. I don't own an Owen Hart figure because at that point in my life, I was not buying action figures. Um, but this will be another one of those. The minute ringside puts it up, I know they're going to jack the price to 30 bucks. Probably might even be a ringside exclusive. I could see the first one being that way. Um, I'll pre-order it the minute they put it up. Absolutely. At least the first one, maybe not everyone they ever do, but at least the first one. Well, did you, were you, were you having that same thought though, Tom, about the, yeah, 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 I knew it wasn't grand slam related, but it was newsworthy for AEW this week. So I'm glad you brought it out. Cause I was going to mention it as well. So, yep. I share the same feelings with you on that. And I love the announcement. I almost feel like AEW is like making the wrestling fans dreams come true. Uh, you know, like dreams we never knew we had, but they're, but they're like, it's just a, just a, just a warm and friendly like vibe. Like just it's like it's like it's like the wrestling fans happy place. I don't know if you ever played the uh, old Extreme Warfare Revenge game or Total Extreme Warfare. The they were booking simulators, wrestling booking simulators uh, that were out back in the day and on the computer. And and once they went to a software company that when you bought it, you didn't get um, any real wrestlers because of licensing. But there were lots of mods out there that you could download that had the and you can still download them now. Um, that have either current day rosters or you can find the 1980s WWE, WWF roster or WCW. Um, and uh, somebody had po- posted a comment the other day on Facebook that said, um, AEW is proof that if you would have given the nerds who are playing Total Extreme Wrestling millions of dollars, we could have booked a better wrestling product. <laughs> it's like, that's pretty much what Tony Khan's doing. He's playing the game live on TV and we get to love watching it. So um, I, they, they are by and far... Far and away are my favorite promotion right now. And, and you and I both said that um, partially because I feel like they're listening in most cases. Talk about the Adam Page thing. You know, we've talked about that in nauseum. But there are other factors at play there, including um, his own family stuff going on. But uh, they listen to what the fans want. And then they try to, in some way, give them that in whatever way they can. So that makes business sense because they are running the business. So loving it. Um, I know we're 
we've got a little bit of a time crunch today. Let's just touch maybe on NXT 2.0 week two. Um, you've seen most of it. I know you haven't seen the main event yet, um, but I don't think anything that happens in the main event, honestly, without spoiling it for you, Tom, will rock your world. Um, my first thought this week was, oh, now we have 47 more new faces. Cool. Um, Dante Chen and Cora Jade. And I have to admit, when Trey Baxter, so here's my one thing, two things I wanted to say. Trey Baxter, um, when he came out and lost to Dante Chen, I thought, oh, what a terrible use of Trey Baxter. And then they did the backstage thing with he and Cora Jade, who actually is his real-life girlfriend, um, formerly Elena Black. Eliana Black? Elena Black? I can't remember the first name. Um, The only thing that worried me is she said, you were like a superhero out there. And then he went, superhero. And I'm like, oh, is this going to be Nikki Ash (laughs) 2.0? Yeah, no, I, he's he's coming out with a gimmick, with a cape or a mask or something. So just forewarned is fair warned. Uh, yeah, uh, I, <laughs> that was a, that was, so I will say this. I'm not through the show, but I liked week two of 2.0 better than week one. And maybe it was just because it was, I already knew the taste of the medicine. And so it was easier to swallow. Uh, I also thought that it was a little bit better in terms of the delivery. Um, I don't know. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just stop and just say it was more palatable, even though I'm not through the entire episode, um, week two, than, it, than I was ready for the shock to my system that week one was. The, the other segment that I just wanted to talk about real quick was the Joe Gacy one, which might already be dead on arrival um, because WWE has pulled all references to that angle. <laughs> Um, which I didn't think it was necessarily that controversial. I mean, clearly they were making fun of the the woke mentality, quote unquote. Nobody saw me do air quotes unless you're watching. But um, I when he started, when Joe Gacy started talking, Joe Gacy, of course, worked for Evolve. He had a long run in CZW where he did a lot more hardcore stuff. I thought what they were going for, and in fact, the look in his eyes made me think it was he was saying this is a safe space where you know where we work out our problems and we blah 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 and then I thought he was going to flip a switch at some point and go violent and just beat the crap out of Cameron Grimes um and even at the end of the match when he was smiling and hugged him I was like okay this is where he's going to belly to belly suplex him and then you know crush his head between two bricks or something I don't know um and nope and not to say that can't happen still you know he may yet like I thought it was going to be kind of the I'm telling you that I'm going to be um, a nice guy, but I'm really not. I'm a violent, you know, terrible person. I, that could have been interesting to me. What they did was not because I just felt like, honestly, what it felt like is, okay, we know where Vince and Linda's politics lie in some ways because of Linda's own political career and donations they've made and things like that. And I don't want to turn this into a political conversation, um, obviously, in any way. But sometimes Vince likes to poke at the other side um, with things, you know, and and I, I don't love that stuff um, because I just think all you're doing is ticking off half your audience. Um, and I didn't think this was going to do that by any means, but I don't know. I like Gacy. And so I hope they give him something better to work with or have him have that Jekyll and Hyde thing. Cause I think that could have been interesting. I don't know. Did it resonate with you at all, Tom? It, it didn't. It didn't. I mean, I thought it was, um, it was fine. Every time I see like guys like Cameron Grimes come out and then one of the new guys, I immediately go, Oh, here we go. We're about to put over, we're about to put over one of the new guys here. And then when that didn't happen, like I'm like, okay, cool. Well, Cameron Grimes is still there, but 
I don't know. So like, that's my fear. And I know that that's going to have to happen in this new NXT to get over these new guys that they're bringing in. I will say this, the whole Josh Briggs and his partner, forgive me. Yeah. Brooks Jensen, their, their story made a lot more sense. Give me the vignette that you gave me when Tuesday (laughs) before their match last week. And I care a lot more about them. Um, So like, same thing with Von Wagner. Give me that before you do what you did last week. I agree. Yeah. So, yeah, that's – I haven't tuned out 2.0 yet. I Yeah, I agree. It was it was a little better. Um, I'm, I'm still on the Braun Breaker is going to be the NXT champion in the next two months. Um, I, I think that's where we're headed because it's a more developmental brand. So having Ciampa as your champ doesn't really mean anything. But having somebody beat Ciampa for the championship probably does mean something. So I, I get why you went that way last week, but I, I don't think Ciampa is. Uh, Ciampa may not be long for NXT. He's always said he doesn't want to work the main roster, but I think he'd be awesome on the main roster if he ever wanted to. But that's, you know, he's got to want to do it. And he could be awesome. I guess I am a little concerned. You know, their track record of NXT talents coming up and doing well is uh, abysmal. Would that be a nice way to put it? So um, we, we shall see. Well, let's head into uh, it's head-to-head picks, uh, and WWE has done a bang-up job of putting together six matches for this card, um, one of which we had to hunt and find on a website because we didn't even really realize it was happening, but apparently it is. According to WWE, it is anyways. Um, so it's head-to-head. Uh, we always do these head-to-head picks for every pay-per-view. We have done six pay-per-views so far this year. Uh, we always run it uh, June or I'm sorry, January through June and then July through December. Um, so we've done six so far since July. We have six left as far as we know. Um, and that's counting Crown Jewel. If that's going to be their October pay-per-view, then we'll go ahead and pick that, I think, probably. Um, so we've got Extreme Rules, Crown Jewel, Full Gear, Survivor Series, TLC, and Final Battle left. But today we are making picks for Extreme Rules. Uh, Tom, you and I are tied at 39 and 10 uh, going into this. So, and we decided that uh, we'll just keep whoever picked first last time picking first when there's a tie. Um, Tom, what's your overall thought just headed into Extreme Rules um, as we get into these picks? Um, these are going to be the quickest picks that we've ever made, I think. I don't know there's a whole lot to talk. I don't know there's a whole lot to talk about. Um, a, because there's only six matches and nothing really seems incredibly fresh. Uh, I wonder if a lot of that has to do with the upcoming draft that we are a week plus out from. Uh, yeah. I, I also don't know. So so we'll see. Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. Like, with what's been given to us as fans with AEW recently, and even Ring of Honor, and even just the development in NXT 2.0, good, bad, and otherwise, Raw and SmackDown have kind of fallen kind of – off the off the radar and they i know they're not right but it's it feels that way and we'll talk about one of the big things here one of the missed opportunities and it's really weird that i think that everybody is missing the boat um at this show and we'll talk about we'll talk about that well tom you get the first pick uh and uh, it is a match that was added after last week's smackdown Liv morgan uh gets her first singles pay-per-view match in quite some time, maybe ever. I'd have to crackpot research didn't look that up, but um Liv Morgan against Carmella, uh, who's been used so wonderfully. Um what are you thinking on Liv and Carmella? 
goofy build for this. Uh, you know, Liv, Liv breaks Carmella's nose, but it didn't. She didn't. You know, Carmella was, was again, it, it appears for all intents and purposes that she was just getting out of the match easy didn't want didn't want to compete even though there was supposed to be a match um Liv, Liv is going to get the win here uh, i think Liv ends up becoming a challenger for the smackdown women's title i won't say who i think she challenges because then that won't give away my pick later but yeah live 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 gets the win you know i think carmella would be a great talent to shift here in the upcoming draft away from smackdown because she's really been used and abused for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, um, I agree. Liv seems like somebody they they started to get behind around Money in the Bank, um, and they kind of had her storyline where she wanted to get into Money in the Bank, and then they didn't really do anything um, after that with her for a while. WWE Booking 101, start, stop, start, stop. Um, so we started again, um, and I agree. I think they got a little something in Liv, so I, I think they should go with her and see what, you know, They've, she's never had a sustained singles push. So I, give her a shot. Let's see what she's got. You know, I mean, I don't know why WWE is so averse to the idea of making new stars. Um, it just It shouldn't be something you fight against. I don't understand it. So, um, but Liv, I, it, this would be my, you know, if we were doing confidence points, this would probably be my six. Uh, well, six, five, somewhere in there, because um, there's at least one other match that I'm, 100% locked in on my pick two on. Um, so yeah, live not a lot more to say. Uh, this is the, the match that we, I didn't know was happening until I went to WWE's extreme rules website and saw it. Uh, but it does, it makes sense that it's happening. Um, and maybe they promoted it. I don't know if I saw SmackDown last week, I'd have to go back and look, um, at the matches and see if they click with me. I may not have the weekend was a, everything was a little busy, but um, SmackDown tag title match. The Usos are defending against the Street Profits. Clearly, they've been building this uh, with matches for some time. Uh, I, you know, I can go either way on this, but this just doesn't feel like the time to switch the titles. I think the Bloodline having the titles makes sense. I probably just uh, tip my hat on my Universal Title pick, but I don't think I'm breaking any uh, crazy news there with that pick. So. Uh, we'll worry about that here in a little bit. But I, I think the Usos keeping the titles here makes the most sense. The Profits being the one who beat them for them probably makes sense. I wish there was more depth to the tag division on either side. Um, because we don't even have a raw tag title match here. In fact, neither of those people are booked on this card anymore. Uh, one of them originally was supposed to get a world title match. And then, of course, that all blew up last week on Raw. Uh so why bother putting anything else? You know, I suppose we could get RK bro versus AJ and almost for the 974th time, probably added to the card. Um, and I do think they'll add at least a couple of matches to this card, probably at least a kickoff show match and maybe one or two more, but regardless, Usos are my pick here. Yeah. I agree with you that moving their belts here doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't know if either of these teams gets moved in the draft. Um, I don't know why I'm so harp, harping on the draft or connecting that to my ideas here. But I think that but plays a lot into your creative decisions here. It, it, you're right. It might. Um, I do think the Profits winning their belts back um, if they remain on SmackDown makes a lot of sense. I also think that WWE would wait for Crown Jewel because it just feels bigger. And then whether we like it or not, they are uh, – um, 
they're catering to that audience. Uh, they're right. catering to the people who are paying for that show. So like maybe title change just means something more to uh, to those in those in the Middle East. We'll see. So Usos are my pick as well. Tom, you get your pick uh, first on the U.S. title triple threat match. Jeff Hardy won a match on Monday Night Raw, getting him put into the Damian Priest-Sheamus match. So at least it uh, adds a new layer to a match we'd already seen in Priest and Sheamus a couple of times. Um, what are you thinking on the U.S. title? Yeah, it's weird because Damian Priest beat Jeff Hardy a few weeks ago, too. So it's kind of like pointless. Like I would have preferred there be someone else in this spot. Um yeah, it's weird. Um, I but love Jeff Hardy carrying cross, so you know, I mean, well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I love, I, I really love Damian Priest. I think that he's actually a bright spot in in a in a mired, uh, murky raw. Uh, I don't see a title change here at all. Damian Priest gets the win. I don't know why they feel like making this a three way is is better. I think that Priest and Sheamus could have probably had a banger, uh, even though they're somewhat. Their last one was pretty decent. Yeah, there's some of the match didn't like, you know, soup like make me like big. I can't wait to see them do it again. SummerSlam right. was a busy night, so it feels here like it's the uh, every three month like, oh, we still have Jeff Hardy. Let's make him do something. Um, push, I, and then they do it for a couple of weeks, and then he goes away, and then they do it for a couple of weeks, and then he goes away. Um, and so I think it was like, oh, we should do something with Jeff Hardy. Let's throw him in there. And like I said, it, it flavors it up a little bit, gives us a little different, you know, you, now now we can listen to the announcers say 400 times if, if we watch the show and you and I both said, um, you know, it's not going to be a priority on Sunday night necessarily to watch the show. Uh, and it's been a while, honestly, since I've said that about WWE pay-per-views. Like I, even though I haven't loved the product on the whole, I've still tried to make seeing the pay-per-views a priority. Um, and I don't, don't know that Sunday feels that way unless, unless again, like I told you before we recorded, if it's six o'clock Sunday, you know, my wife and I are just sitting watching TV and there's really nothing going on. Yeah. I might run downstairs and watch it. Um, but if there's anything else, we got TV shows we want to watch or something that we haven't seen yet. Uh, yeah. Those will probably take priority. Um, but to go back to this match, um, Damien Priest. Uh, yeah. There, there's no reason to take the title off him yet. You got to build it to some. If you're taking the title off him, it should be because you're elevating him to the next level, and there, it's not time to do that yet. You've got a brand new WWE champion who's also a babyface, so don't do that. Priest gets the win here. Uh, again, going through our quickest picks ever: Raw Women's Title Match, Charlotte Flair, Alexa Bliss. Oh my goodness, the build for this has been terrible. Um, now Charlotte has it all too. What are we doing, people? What are we doing? Uh, we we could probably spend an hour just droning on about how terrible this has been, but I why put people through that, Tom? Um, part of me would love to see Alexa win this match, and depending on what you're doing with the draft and that sort of thing, if you need to get the belt off Flair, I could see it. So this will be a lower confidence pick, but I also I, I just think Charlotte Flair keeps the belt here. I, I wouldn't be stunned at all to see one of the, you know either of the move. I also think though Charlotte and Becky at Survivor Series, you know, makes a lot more sense than Alexa and and Becky or Bianca or somebody. Um, so that's part of my booking, honestly, is thinking ahead to Survivor Series. Not that titles can't change between now and then; they certainly can and probably will. Um, but I think Charlotte keeps the belt here. Yeah, this is super weird. Like Charlotte Flair seems like the one champion of all champions that's you know quick to drop a title and quick to regain it, uh, and right. you know. 
when when her when the final story you know is written in her career, she's gonna have a you know fifty five title wins, and I'm throwing that number out <laughs> just generically. Uh, yeah, Alexa Bliss says the character is super weird too, and again, like her doing what she's doing, being you know inspired by the fiend, and then the fiend is no longer a thing is kind of just weird. And I know they don't call back to that, but again. We we remember it as fans, even though WWE doesn't expect that us that we should do that because you know, in their opinion, out of sight, out of mind, you you know, you move on. Sorry, our brains don't work that way, creative. Um, yeah, Charlotte it, low confidence picks is, is is a very akin statement to make here. I'm gonna go with Charlotte as well. I just don't see them moving the title. I, I whether you intended to foreshadow it or not, because you're right, titles can change. The idea of the SmackDown Women's Champion and Becky Lynch against the Raw Women's Champion in Charlotte at Survivor Series is a very attractive match. It, it is, but I've also seen it so many times that I don't know if I care. Um, although I haven't seen it in a while because Becky was gone for over a year. So, sure. Um, so, so far we have been uh, very simple. They're not very similar. We've been the same on all these picks. Something tells me nothing's going to change in the last two picks, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, Tom, you get the first pick on what I'm thinking is our last chance to have a difference of opinion. Uh, Becky Lynch defends versus Bianca Belair. Yeah, so um, I'm going to pick Bianca Belair to win, but I'm not. She's not going to win the title. So I know that obviously doesn't change the pick, but I think I think Bianca gets to win because I think her winning be probably via DQ uh, or count out. Probably DQ though makes the most sense here. But I don't see them moving the title off Becky Lynch. I think Becky Lynch remaining champion, staying in staying in that strong heel spot. Or strong may be the a stretch of the terminology. I don't know how strong she's been. Um, it's so weird. Like someone who was adored, who had to leave because of a, of a life changing event and having a child, and then coming back in the way she has, and then how she's being portrayed. Ugh. This is part of why I probably just have a distaste for WWE. And again, not that they have to cater to just my needs, but you had someone who was the man and who was over and who fans revered. And you've completely like gone the gone the opposite direction. So, yep, Bianca Bianca wins, but not the belt. So we do have a difference then, because and that that might be the first time that we've had a pick like that um, made on uh, maybe not, but um, that's it's bold. Um, I like it, uh, and it makes sense. I wouldn't be shocked if you're right. I think it's going to be Becky though, and I think it's going to be like a pulling of the tights or something, you know. I definitely think kind of this along the same line, but I just see Becky getting the win of what you're saying of this isn't done yet. This is not the blow off of the match of the feud. I should say, um, if anything, that might be survivor series or maybe even longer. Um, and, and I don't know that Bianca wins the belt back in the blow off anyways, but that's a conversation for another day. And I guess that wouldn't be at survivor series because they do the brand versus brand thing. Um, or they have lately anyways, but I'm going to go Becky. I think she's going to cheat to win um, and have Bianca standing there in disbelief at the end. Like, come on, seriously. You know, if I get my one-on-one straight up with her, I can beat her, but she keeps doing these little shenanigans to beat me. Um, So we do have one match difference, which is good Um, because I'm guessing you're going to go the same direction. I am Finn Balor beats Roman. No, um, Roman Reigns defends versus Finn Balor. I like that the demon character is coming back for this in that it adds a little flair. I don't like that they're bringing it back only to have him lose. Um, So I guess that tells you Roman Reigns wins this. 
Uh, Reigns Lesnar, I realize, doesn't have to be for the title at Crown Jewel. And I kind of like that they've already said, like, Reigns and Lesnar are fighting at Crown Jewel. And if if it's for, if he's got the belt, then it's for the title. And if it's not, then they're still fighting. I, I like that they said that so that it does leave open the Finn Balor could win the title and then you're you're not losing Reigns Lesnar. Um, yeah, but oh, Finn Balor's not winning the title here. Um, Finn Balor is absolutely a guy who, if he beat Roman Reigns, I think it could elevate. I think that could put Balor. You, you know, I'd love to see Balor win, but he's not. Yeah, I mean, they made this an extreme rules match on Monday. Again, really weirdly. I mean, Roman Reigns and the Usos, the bloodline, they were on Raw on Monday. So I guess maybe connecting that back because maybe you thought there was going to be crossover. People who didn't typically watch Raw because they watched SmackDown because of Roman chose to tune into Raw. Um, So that was kind of inserted as part of the package of what they were doing and the story they were telling. The main event on Raw was really good. Uh, Roman versus Lashley versus Big E. Uh, but therein lies that last person that I named. Where in the heck is he at on this show? You did all of this to get him the money in the bank, to give him the world title. Uh, again, people argue it was to pop a rating and fight with Monday Night Football's debut. I think there's a long a longer term story there beyond that because of the way that he could be used and should be used. Uh, and he didn't take the loss in the match on Monday in the three way reigns that ended up defeating Lashley. I think all three though looked really good, but it made, it made sense that Roman and, and Biggie to your point earlier, when we talked about the, the title versus title indirect matches at survivor series, they're not title for title. They're just the champion versus champion. Right, Biggie not- is our- yeah, Big E has already said he's coming. He can't wait for Survivor Series. And whether it's Reigns or Lesnar, he's excited for that match. So I'm sorry. I, I'm not picking because I'm talking about just being and just, just the overall what the heck moment is. Why is he not here? But you could make that argument about where are RK bros? Where are other guys and gals that should probably be on this show? Again, why are there just six matches we're picking today? Huh? <laughs> like when we were doing uh performance center or thunderdome pay-per-views this probably makes a lot of sense because those were two hours and 30 minutes give or take we're now back in front of live people don't you want to sell tickets that's a rhetorical question um it's actually not Roman but the Reigns brand right. is the star tom it's not the stars of the matches it's the wwe brand you're yeah you're right you're right roman reigns is the pick here um he, he then the when you've already get, let us let us know that Crown Jewel is Lesnar Reigns, the additional carrot of the title being at stake pushes that, um, in, you know, into into needing to happen. Uh, again, I, the Demon and the Extreme Rules angle make this probably the, the match I'd be most interested to see play out. Maybe a tie for Becky and Bianca because I I want to see them deliver in the ring. So I have, but 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 I'm also so like concerned that WWE just won't give us good quality matches anymore. But that might be just a little bit cart before horse. So, yeah. I hear you. And and I'm with you 100% on Big E. I, I assumed after Monday night, they would then announce on Twitter the next day, Bobby Lashley gets his rematch for the world title at Extreme Rules. That would have made sense. I, I could have lived with that. But we didn't do it. I think could still add it. Although it would feel really stupid to add a world title match this late. Um, the only way you could do 
this late would be if it was a SmackDown title, but you've already got that. Yeah, why you wouldn't have done that on Monday with a captive audience, and especially if you thought that you were bringing viewers and eyes that typically don't watch your show because you had the bloodline there. Uh, I mean, I, what are they doing? What right. are they doing? I don't think they know. So yeah, that's, yeah. So, that's, this, so this ep- this episode, as we wrap it up, is really the tale of two sides of the coin. AEW has a clue. It seems, and it appears, and it feels WWE. And again, I know they're about to do a major reset. So I don't. I, I but I also don't feel even right going. That's a, that's a proper justification, in my opinion. It's not. No, I agree. It's not. And again. They get to write the stories. <laughs> like this isn't like the NFL, where there could be things happening in the NFL where you're like, oh, we're really missing out on that story because you know somebody got hurt or somebody this happened or that happened. You get to write the stories. You get to tell us what's important. Tell us something's important. You've just told me the WWE title is not important. Right. That seems counterproductive. <laughs> that seems counterproductive. But what do I know? I don't run a multi-billion dollar corporation. So um, I don't know. Maybe maybe I feel like I could do a little better. But, you know, don't we all? That's why we have podcasts so we can tell everybody how much smarter we are. Um, well, Tom, anything uh, you want to say as we wrap things up here? No. Uh, we're going to be back next week. Um, I'm sure we're going to talk about Rampage Grand Slam for sure. We'll see if we talk about extreme rules. I mean, I'm sure we will. I'm sure we'll sure touch we'll... on it at least, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. I hope we get Halloween Havoc in NXT 2.0 next month. That, we'll that would be nice. I, I hope so too. And um, you know, maybe the zombie ref can come back one more time. So exactly. Um, got got to pull him out. I mean, I know he was on the in the wedding a couple of weeks ago, but um, on that note. <laughs> Enjoy wrestling this weekend, whatever it might be, whether it's Rampage, Extreme Rules, uh, GCW probably has a show because I feel like they're running one about every three days right now. Um, You know, somebody else has got shows, I'm sure, too, that I'm forgetting. Uh, But enjoy wrestling, watch Ring of Honor television, perhaps. Uh, They got a big four-way this weekend, um, so that'll be fun to to watch that match. Uh, The Pure Gauntlet was uh, what it was last week, so... Yep, it was exactly what you and I thought. Uh, Didn't really matter, so... Um, watch some wrestling. Have some fun this weekend. Enjoy the weather. Enjoy football. My Bears hopefully going to two and one this week. We'll see. Um, your Lions uh, have a game. That's Justin Fields. Justin Fields. Justin Fields makes his full debut this weekend. I, he played last week, but he actually got all the one for first team reps. I am stoked that the game is actually on here in Nebraska this week. Um, so. I am definitely, I have, I do have a work commitment from about two o'clock to three o'clock my time. So I'll watch about the first half and then have to pause it and then pick it up after that work commitment. Um, so I'll be avoiding my phone uh, from about one thirty on. Cause I just don't want to know. Um, so yeah, Justin Fields, big, that, that's my big excitement this weekend is Justin Fields. So we'll see how that goes. I hope it goes well. Um, but regardless, everybody have a great day. Be safe out there. Please wear a mask, stay safe. Go get a jab in the arm. That's my PSA. That's just my belief. Everybody have a good weekend. We will talk to you soon. Take care, everybody.